man, it's awesome to have the Word of God that we can trust. And you can look back and say, well, yeah, God, you did that before, and I know that's your character to do it again. And uh, He loves you and has a plan for your life, and it's a good plan for a future and a hope. Amen? Amen. Turn in your Bibles this morning with me to John chapter 14, verse 16. John chapter 14, verse 16. Uh, we've been going through a series called Love Sums It, and uh, we're kind of wrap that up a little bit today. And, uh, and I just feel led that uh, we would talk about the presence of God, the presence of God. But let's pray this morning real quick. Father God, Lord, we prepare our hearts for the word. God, we thank you for who you are what you've done in our lives, Lord, and we just invite your presence in this place today, God, that you love us, Lord, and let us love you in return. Help us to be obedient uh, to, your, to your word, to your spirit, God. Help us to walk in faith, God, uh, and magnify uh, yourself in this place today, God. We just have our open ears, open hearts, God, and open hands to receive all that you have, that we go from this place changed, transformed by your spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen, amen. Uh, do you ever feel helpless or hopeless? Anybody ever felt helpless or hopeless in this world? Uh, maybe sometimes you felt like a, a lonely Christian. Uh, we go through seasons and trials. Maybe we get to that place where you're like, uh, God, where are you? And, uh, you know, it's not hard to go through those seasons. If you're a normal breathing person, you're probably going to go through a season where you're like, God, where are you? Uh, and uh, maybe there's trouble in your life, or maybe you're fearful of what lies ahead. Turn on the news just for a little while. You'll be fearful of what lies ahead. Uh, you know, just, God, what is tomorrow going to bring? My job, my relationships, my marriage, my economy, my children. God, just this stress of this life can so easily get us. And I thought about this this week, and I said, wouldn't your life, wouldn't you just have a better week if, like, God could just come down and just give you a big hug? You know, like, ever go through those days, like, man, God... If I could just get a big hug, it feels so much better. You know, you growing up, you know, uh, you get a big hug from mom or dad, and you know, your life just seems so much better because you're in you're you're in his arms or her arms. And and what if you could just get a huge hug from God, and He would let you know that man, everything is going to be all right. You know, that's very possible still today through the presence of the Holy Spirit, God's Comforter. And we're going to talk about that a little bit today. That sometimes as Christians, you know, we feel a little bit like orphans. We feel like we're just kind of, uh, we know there is a God, He's out there, uh, and we know we, we love Him, but it's like we're just stuck here waiting and longing for Him. Like, there, you feel like we're just waiting around for Him to show up at the end of the time, and, and then we'll be to heaven, then, then it'll be okay. You know, the promises of God are such that He said the kingdom of heaven is at hand now. Uh, and He brought through the cross of Calvary, He brought the presence of heaven, the presence of the Holy Spirit, into this world, into this place. And it lives inside of each one of us that are calling Him Lord and Savior. And so uh, we're going to talk about that today, how you and I can experience the presence of God. Man, what it is to be loved by God, to have Him come to us and to have Him reveal Himself to us. Uh, he hears the cry of the lonely in this world. And those who don't find comfort in this world and who are looking for a home with God, He sends His Son to not only adopt us, uh, but to give us His presence and His peace. Uh, love plus obedience equals the presence of God. If we love God, we obey Him. The presence of God comes in our life. Let's look at John chapter 14, verse 16. I'm going to read from the New American Standard. John chapter 14, verse 16. He, Jesus says, now this is, this is the setting of this, is that Jesus, is this is the night He was betrayed. 
He has just washed the disciples' feet, and he's going into a long discourse uh, teaching them about this new commandment to love one another as he has loved them and to obey him. And so he's talking to them a lot about love and obedience. And right before he is going to be crucified, this is his farewell address. One of the most, some of the most important things that he wants to leave behind to make sure that they get, he puts right here. In John chapter 14, verse 16, he says this, I will ask the Father and he will give you another helper that he may be with you forever. That is the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it does not see him or know him. But you know him because he abides with you and will be in you. We talked about that last week. And he says, I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. And after a little while, the world will no longer see me, but you'll see me because I live and you'll live also. And in that day, you'll know that I am in the father and that you are in me and I in you. And he has my he who has my commandments and keeps them is the one who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my father and I will love him and I'll disclose myself to him. And so Judas, not Judas Iscariot, said to him, Lord, what then has happened that you're going to disclose yourself to us and not to the whole world? And Jesus answered and said to him, if anyone loves me, he'll keep my word. My father will love him and will come to him and make our abode with him. Turn to your neighbor and say abode. It's a weird word, isn't it? Abode. He says, and I'll make our abode with him. And he, do does, not, he who does not love me does not keep my words. And the word which you hear is not mine, but the Father who sent me. And these things I've spoken to you while abiding with you. That's a key word there. But the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he'll teach you all things. He'll bring to your remembrance all that I said to you. And peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you, not as the world gives, do I give to you. But do not let your heart be troubled, nor let it be fearful. That's a long little passage there, but I, I purposefully broke it out that long because I believe there's some words God wants to talk to us today. And we're going to kind of break this out and uh, kind of dig into this. But who is this uh, Holy Spirit person? Who is this the helper, the advocate? Um, depending on what translation you says, King James will say comforter. Uh, the Greek there for that is literally advocate. Uh, it's the paraclete. But let's look at this. He says, With the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he'll teach you all things and bring to you remembrance all that I said. The word there in the Greek is paraclete, not parakeet, paraclete. All right? God didn't send you a parakeet. Uh, we'll think something odd about you. But it's a legal term. It, and it means this. It's, it's someone who comes alongside you like in a court case and gives legal aid, assistance. Uh, and and it, the King James will say comforter, but uh, when the King James was written, comforter doesn't mean what we think it meant today, like, oh, now they're there, you know, comforter, someone who you can cry. And, and, that, and that is true. God does have that role, and that's that good mothering spirit he has, right? But it really means someone sent to encourage you and exhort you. Comforter in the King James means uh, one who is there to give you strength. Man, if that is not an awesome picture of God's presence in our life. That's what He wants to do. He says, I'm going to send you my Spirit that's going to come alongside of you. And when you feel like weak and you can't do it, He's going to be there to say, yes, you can. I'm in you. I'm with you. I'm going to remind you about Jesus and all that He did before, and He's going to do it in your life again. Just like the song just said this morning. Uh, he is the one who comes alongside of you to give you strength. That's the Holy Spirit. The Comforter, the uh paraclete, uh, the one who, uh, uh, literally in the Greek, it means the advocate, the advisor, the encourager, the exhorter, the intercessor, and the comforter. He comes alongside and he advocates and assists you. Do you ever have to have your mom advocate between you and your dad? 
you know, have those one of those roles. You know, the Holy Spirit, man, if there's ever a time in the world today that we need someone, uh, the presence of God, to come alongside of us and say, hey, you guys can do it. You know, you're, you're going to make it. It's going to be okay. I'm with you. I'm going to be there for you. And, and He comes alongside and strengthens you. I don't know what you're going through today and, and uh, where you're at. And, man, if you could just know, man, God is for you and He's not against you. God wants to come alongside of you. He comes, wants to dwell within you. And He wants to say, guys, I'm here to strengthen you if you'll just invite my presence into your life. You know that the Holy Spirit... The Holy Spirit, the Bible says He's the bringer of Jesus. He's the revealer of Jesus. He's the teacher about Jesus. He guides you into the truth of Jesus. He's the reminding the one who reminds you of Jesus and all that Jesus said and did. And He's the giver of the peace of Jesus. There's a key theme in there. Anybody get it? He's all about Jesus. You want more Jesus in your life? Invite the presence of God through the Holy Spirit in order to receive all He has, though, for us. In order to receive that strength, that comfort, that counsel, that, that peace, and to receive all that Jesus has for you, we've got to love and obey God. Love Him and obey Him. Let's look at this this morning. Three things I'm going to tell you today. Uh, Jesus says, He says, we will love you. He says, we will come to you and we will reveal ourselves to you. Now, God is, is bigger and He's a mystery that we can't even fathom. And wherever you stand on uh, who God is and Jesus and the Trinity or whatever. God is just a mystery. He is bigger than our minds can even comprehend. And He's revealed Himself to us in Scripture as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And He says here, uh, we will love you, we will come to you, we'll reveal ourselves to you. Uh, and God is one. But God is just so awesomely huge. And this is how we under- have to understand Him while we're on this earth. We'll understand it better by and by, the song says. All right, We will love. Look at verse 21. He says... He who has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him. And if anyone loves me, he'll keep my word, and my Father will love him. But he who does not love me, in verse 24, does not keep my words. Am I loved? Man, that's an age-old question. Does anybody love me? Uh, We go through this world today. It is so easy to get off of the identity of God, and, and you look... Uh, look at the world. Look at uh, teenage rebellion. Look at the crisis. Look at the suicide and the divorce rate. Look at the breakdown of relationships. Look at, uh, you know, even uh, look at the the uh, movement in our country for the gay pride marches and, and all the things. There are just hurting people crying out, wondering whether or not God loves them. They don't even know that's the question they're asking. But something deep inside of us, when God breathed His Holy Spirit into us in Genesis uh, chapter 1 and 2, that, that there was a, a mark, there was something inside of us that we were designed to be in relationship with God. Every single person in this place is designed to be in relationship with God. And the age-old question is, am I loved? And who doesn't want to be loved? It's the basis of human nature, and it's the basis of our relationship with God. God's love is manifested and revealed, the Scripture says, through Jesus Christ. It's, it's not only who He is, it's what He did. It's the whole illustration. The reason God did this weird thing where He took a part of Himself and made Him into a son and sent Him onto the earth and that He's one with Him but separate. The reason He did that whole illustration, it's a sermon to teach you how much God loves you. How He wanted to be near you. He wanted to walk among you. He wanted to show you He's willing to die for you. To speak life and to lead you into truth. Redeem you from hell and bring you back home with Him. 
to live in eternity. That's the gospel message. God loves you. And you are to love today. I don't know where you are or what, what you're going through, but it, isn't it comforting to know God loves you? Man, that the everlasting God of the universe who spoke life into existence, billions and billions of galaxies and stars and moons and, and things that NASA just came out with this week, Hubble Space Telescope saw deeper into space than they ever saw, and just compact stars and galaxies and solar systems. And the God who made all of that loved little old me, loved little old you. And God loved you. And, and how do you experience that love today? How do you really know? Man, we, you see the life of Jesus Christ. You see the demonstration. And you read the Bible and say, okay, this awesome story. God, I, I kind of get it. We talked about the knowledge of God last week, how we can know the facts, we can have understanding. But there comes a point we have to have deep communion with God to really understand. You know what? Just knowing a little bit of Bible stories is not going to get you through hard times. Knowing just a little bit about what God did and believing even what He did is not alone by itself going to get you through hard times to let you know it's got to be something inside of you that tells you God loves you and look what he says here he says if you love me and obey me basically in verse 21 23 and 24 he says if you love me and obey me you'll do my will you'll love me back and he says uh, we're going to send ourselves that we're going to send someone to you the Holy Spirit and you are loved by the Holy Spirit Paul says uh, in Romans chapter 5, that you and I can rejoice in troubled times. Man, when we repent and we begin to love and obey Jesus, he says this in Romans 5, 5. He says, the love of God has been poured out. You know, the Spirit is often uh, demonstrated in oil or in, in water. It says, the love of God has been poured out within your heart through the Holy Spirit who is given to you. And so remember, while you were still helpless at the right time, Christ died for you when you were ungodly. And he says in Romans 8, 15, he says, Now you receive the spirit of adoption. You're able to cry out, Abba, Father. And now the Holy Spirit inside of you testifies that you are a child of God. So let me, get, let me, let me break this down. You and I today make it through hard times. And he says, we will love you. To know, to know, to know that you are loved by God. You must love and obey Him. Because you say, God, I believe this story. I repent. I'm going to begin to act in faith. And when you become saved, the Holy Spirit dwells within you, the Bible says. And that love of God is begin just to pour it out. It's like God from heaven takes the Holy Spirit and He just dumps just the big bucket all into your heart and fills your heart with the presence of God that you know. Not because someone told you, but because you know that you know that you know you're a child of God and God loves you. So I don't have to have anybody tell me whether or not I'm a Christian or not. I don't look at outside rules or regulations. I don't, I don't follow a set pattern. It's not because I go to church or read my Bible. It's because I know the presence of God lives within me. And God's love is right here. It's got to start right here, church. We can't be just loving people and going out and doing good works just because the pastor says it or even because the Bible says it. It's because it goes from my head to my heart. God's right here inside of me. I know I love God and God loves me. That's the thing that's going to get us through hard times. That's the thing that's going to get the Holy Spirit inside of you and comfort you. And it's that love and obedience can't be separated for the believer. The condition here, church, for you to have the Holy Spirit in your heart is that you must love and obey God. And that love is manifested through obedience. John, uh, 1 John 5, 3 tells us that the commandments of God are not burdensome. And that the commandments of God mean that we really do love Him. If we love God's commandments, we love to obey Him. We love to, uh, what He did for us. And it, and it produces this life in us. I think sometimes uh, 
Many want the promises of God. Many want the blessings of God. Uh, but we really neglect the presence of God within us. And, and I got, want, God, all that you have for me. God, I want these blessings. I want to get through. The, I mean, I need you. Where are you, God? I need you. I need you. I need you. But yet are we walking in obedience? You see, those two have to go hand in hand. Are we telling God in the world that we love him first? Jesus says he's, in John 14, 31, a few verses down, he says, he tells his disciples, you know, guys, I do as the Father commanded me so that the world may know that I love the Father. Jesus says, guys, I'm going to die on this cross for you. I'm going to show the world that I love God more than I love myself so that the world may know God's love. I love God. God loves me. I, look at, I wonder in my life or in, in your life, if we look at the world and the world looks at us, if they say, man, that guy, that girl, they love God. They're willing to sacrifice. They're willing to die to themselves because they love God. They're willing to obey God because they love Him. Not because of rules or religion or, or a church or whatever, but just who they are. They're a person who loves God. How do you get to that place? Let the Holy Spirit come inside of here. Let Him get poured out of your heart. And so He says, we'll love you when you begin to do that. Now, this number two, He says, we will come. We will come. You want to continue to receive the love of God and His Spirit. You've got to love and obey Him. But by loving and obeying God, what do you do? By loving and obeying God, you prepare your heart to be a temple, an indwelling place of the Holy Spirit. When you say, God, I'm getting all this junk out of my life. I'm going to make my place, my home, my my." my being, my heart, a dwelling place of the Spirit. And he says, we will come to you. It's kind of like going, there's a song we used to sing, uh, I think we still do, the heart of worship. Is my heart a proper temple for the Holy Spirit? I want you to ask yourself today. Is your heart an indwelling place for the Holy Spirit? Is it filled with the love of God? Is it a place of worship to God? Is there idolatry that you've removed? And has there done a cleansing? Because look at verse 23. He says, We will come to Him and make our abode with Him. Two things. Come and abode. Come. When you get saved, the Holy Spirit comes inside of you, like we read in Romans, and He dwells within you. But then He says, We're going to come and we're going to make our abode with you. That word abode means home. It means a permanent place of dwelling. A permanent place of dwelling. The Holy Spirit... Man, when you get saved... The Holy Spirit is in you. You're saved. The Spirit identifies. The love of God's poured out in you. You're like, man, I never really got this whole cross thing before, but now I do. Now, sometimes we just go down to the altar, we say a prayer, or we raise our hand, and we don't really feel any different. Well, you didn't get saved. Let me be honest. You have to have an experience with God that the love of God's poured out in you. Man, it's got to be real, genuine. You've got to walk out of this place and look and feel different, right? And so... He says, man, the Holy Spirit comes inside of you in Romans 5 and Romans 8. And, and this love of God is just poured out on you. And he says, okay, now you're beginning to love and obey me. And he says, well, we're going to come to you. Man, you're saved. The Holy Spirit's come to you. We're going to make our abode with you. We're going to be a permanent place of joy. And that means that God has engineered and designed it in such a way that once you are saved, he wants you to stay saved. Right? Now, we were Baptist Pentecostal here. God's perfect will is that you stay saved. Let's just be honest. God wants to permanently indwell in you. But one thing I think sometimes we, we have is we have this flighty relationship with the Holy Spirit. Like He doesn't know where He belongs, right? It's like, God, I'm in you. God, then I'm out of you. And the Holy Spirit's like this thing. It's like a ping pong ball. He's like, all right, I think, are we saved this Sunday? Or we're going, oh, okay, He's going to listen to me now. Oh, He's reading His Bible. Or she's, she's going she's gonna to turn the other cheek. Okay, you know, God has designed it to where you and I would be a permanent place 
for the Holy Spirit to dwell within. We should take honor of that, church, that the presence of God would be willing to dwell in an earthen vessel. And so may we not have this flighty relationship like, all right, God, I'm in you, I'm out of you. And he says, if you're willing to let me come in, let me make myself at home. Let's not have this flighty relationship where, man, the Holy Spirit's like this visitor who just shows up from time to time, but he never unpacks his bags, right? I want the Holy Spirit to come in my home, unpack his bags, make up residency, and be willing to rearrange the furniture if he wants, right? You've got to let God be able to do a work in you. We don't say that phrase very much anymore. God do a work in you. We don't understand what it means. It means God is just going to wreck your life. Man, so many people let the devil wreck their life, but they won't let God rule theirs. To be honest, man, we're willing to let the world, man, the world just runs us rampant. But when God comes in, we're just like, well, God, you know, I'm just going to kind of be, we're good. You can sit on that sofa. I'm in my recliner. I got my TV and we're good. You're in my house, right? It's like the Holy Spirit comes in the door. You're, You're saved, we think. You know, he comes in, he's in the house, but he's just kind of standing there like, can I sit down? You know, which bedroom is mine? And we would be saying, God, this is your house. My life is not my own anymore. Just, yeah, just God, come on in and, and make up residency. Have authority to, to move the furniture. You want to put that bedroom over there in my heart? God, yeah, switch bedrooms. God, if you want to put the living room there and the kitchen there, God, you want to rearrange, you know, we, not very often, you know, you go to someone's house. How many of you rearrange the silverware when you go visit someone? You probably won't do that or you won't be invited back again, Right. And if God would come into our house, if he wants to bust out a wall and say, God, I'm going to open up this living room and make it bigger. I feel like doing that today. Then I got to be like, God, if you want to break down walls in my heart, God, do it. Man, I got to have a place of dwelling that, man, we think so lightly. It's like this Holy Spirit is like an addition into our life. But when you get saved, church, he's got to be able to do some demo work, Right. That the love of God is poured out, man. I don't want just God's love in just one part of my heart. I want Him to go to that junk room and to go to the back of that closet and find those dark, deep things that, that, that's got the cobwebs on it. And it's like the trophies from way back when, when we were younger. And it's just like, you know, guys, you don't need this anymore. You're going to put that in a roundage sale. Let's just let that go. Throw that stuff away, right? But man, we just want to hold on to things and say, God, I'm an authority of my house. You can come in and you can have some residency. But, you know... Uh, it's kind of like this. We'll say things, I'll just be real bold this morning. We'll say things like this. God, I'll read my Bible, but I may not go prophesy. Well, what if God calls you to prophesy? Or God, I'll, I'll go to church, but I won't go witness. Or go to that outreach that the church has got going on. Or, or speak to that coworker. I'm not really there yet, God. What if God wanted you to? Man, do you understand, church, today? When you become saved, you're not yours. Any longer. You have no more rights. Those feelings that we have, you say, God, I'm harboring under that anger or that unforgiveness or that anxiety or that worry, that stress. I'm harboring those past wrongs or those things. Or, God, I really, I, I, I'm only comfortable, Father, to do this much. You know what? I never wanted to be a pastor. It was not my idea. Be honest. I was not a person who wanted to raise my hands in worship. Heath Harris naturally does not want to raise his hands. Heath Harris naturally does not want to speak in public. He does not want to have a career where people critique you on a weekly basis on how well you speak. Because I tell you what, I was taking Pepto-Bismol in speech class in high school, you know, just to get through the shakes, you know. You want to throw up because you're just so... But God has got to be able to come in our hearts, church, 
and wreck our lives. We'll let the devil do it throughout our earlier years and just say, man, he run you rampant. He, he tore out your life. And yet we won't come to God and say, God, here's the condition on which we have a relationship. Right? Are anybody here this morning hearing me? Man, I know it's Mother's Day. Can we have church? Is that okay? You know, we will come to you. God, please come. Holy Spirit, come. Let Him in, not just the door of my heart, but let Him rearrange the furniture. Amen. I'm going to move on from that point, but I hope you're getting it. Salvation, one author says, means we're going to heaven, but submission means heaven's going to come to us. I want heaven to come into my heart. Man, you go through this world today. Like I said this morning, we open the service. I just, man, God, I was just, I've been thinking about the presence of God a lot this week. I'm like, God, you know, all up in heaven, it's just your presence. Down here, there's rules. There's here's good things to do, here's not good things to do. And I've got to make a choice, you know. I've got to kind of decide, God, is that a good thing or is that a bad thing? And maybe I shouldn't do this or maybe I should do that. Or, God, I'm, I'm dealing with this problem or that problem. But in heaven is just the presence of God. There'll be no more rules in heaven. There won't have to be any more do's and don'ts. Do you understand? When you get to heaven, the only thing there is the presence of God. And so I'm thinking, God, if I'm dealing with these thoughts and I'm having the problem on choosing, is this right? Is this wrong? Is this attitude good? Is this attitude bad? How do I get through that problem? I'm thinking, what do I need? I need more of the presence of God. I, need, I, don't have, I won't have a worry about choosing right or wrong when I have the presence of God in my life. It'll just be sanctifying me. He'll be communing with me. He'll be coming inside of me. And this indwelling of the Holy Spirit will be motivating my life. There is only one abiding relationship with the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. And so many people just say, I want to stay right here, Holy Spirit, where you've just come in the door. But God is calling us, church, in these last days to a deep place of communion, a deep place where the presence of God is fully manifested in us, where heaven comes within us, that we love Christ by faith, and and yet not just in there, but that His power comes upon us when we begin to obey Him in faith to go. Let Him... man. I believe in the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Um, I believe in that. I think it's in Scripture. It's just throughout it, okay? I was saved. I was fine with where I was. All right? And it's not about different levels. It's not about two experiences, even though there are. It is about a journey of a person who would say, God, I want all that you have for me. Let's not forget about all or everything else. God, I just want your presence. God, I just want everything you have. God, and you can do with me whatever you want. If you want me to preach, I'll preach. God, if you want me to go, I'll go. God, if you want me to give, I'll give. God, if you want me to sing, I'll sing. God, if you want me to stay, I will stay. Because, God, all I want is your presence. I just want to be all about you. And it's a life in the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit that should be the normal expectation of every believer, church. The world is looking today and they wonder where God is. That's because they don't see a church that is filled with the presence of God in America. We've just allowed God to just be on a status quo level just to come in, have some good songs in church and then go home. But yet we need to be a people who are saying, God, you can wreck my life. Lord, you rule my life. Lord, the manifest presence of heaven to come in this place. God, it's not about rules and regulations. God, it's about a relationship with the Holy Spirit who lives within me and is now coming upon me in power because heaven has come into my life. I don't know if you want that or not. I do. I do. And, and I, 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 man, I hope people, and I hope in this last days you and I understand. God is about to explode things. God wants to 
radicalize his church before this last and final day. And there will be some who get on board and there will be some who not. But let us be a people say, God, man, your love's poured out in us. God, come abide with us. Be all in us. Don't just stay at the front door. And he says, well, then we will reveal ourselves to you. Look at verse 21. He's got my commandments and keeps them as the one who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father. And what's this promise? See that, see that clause there? Look at verse 21 in your Bibles or on the screen. He says, you've got my commandments and you keep them. And that means you love me. And then when you love me, man, I'm going to keep on loving you. And he says, and I will love him and will disclose myself to him. How does Jesus disclose himself to you? That's the Holy Spirit is a revealer of Jesus. But that word right there, disclose, I looked it up this week. It means reveal the new living. It means the manifest presence of God in the English Standard Version or the visible presence of God in the, in the Greek. It means to literally that Jesus says, I will appear to you. I will reveal myself to you. I'll notify you of what's going on. I'll inform you and I'll make things very clear in your life. Amen. When you begin to love and obey God, you say, God, come on in. Make up home. Make up residency in my heart. I don't want this flighty relationship. Move out the furniture. Change the decor. Whatever you got to do. And he says, then I'm going to begin to reveal things to you. Man, when's the last time God gave you a word? You know, that was pretty commonplace back in the New Testament church. When's the last time God spoke to you when you're driving down the street? Or when you're walking through your yard or mowing your yard or walking in Walmart or, or just playing with your kids or talking, you know, as a family or praying as a God, you know, when you were dreaming at night, God began to speak things in your heart. Or when you got up in the morning, God just said, this is something that you're going to do for me today and I'm going to put this person in your life. That was the divine relationship that the early church had. And we've settled for second best. We settle for this come in, come out, with you, without you, Holy Spirit relationship. But God is saying, church, I want to manifest myself in your life. I want to reveal my plans for you in these last days. I want to show you the visible, tangible presence of God in your life. I want it to be very real, very visible. Do you want God to manifest His tangible presence in your life? That you just could, you felt like you just touched God today. Man, God came down today and we knew it. It wasn't just songs. It wasn't just preaching. But the presence of God was just so very real. You could almost taste it. You could almost touch it. That is His promise, church. To one, to people who are saying, God, I'm going to love and I'm going to obey you. God, I'm all about you. I want a revelation of Jesus Christ. I want a deeper knowledge of His Word. I, want to, I don't want to just read the Word. But you know, you read the Word and sometimes God just, man, just pops off the page. Man, and then, then you read it again and it goes even deeper. And you read it some more. Man, there is a relationship God wants to speak into your life. He wants to show things into your spirit. It's powerful. You think about the presence of God today. It's powerful. God appeared by fire in the bush to Moses, even causing the ground which he walked to be holy. The power of God, the manifest, visible presence of God came as a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night with Israel in the wilderness. Man, that, that visible, tangible presence of God gave them peace as they slept at night. How many people want peace as you sleep at night? Man, the visible presence of God gave them comfort and victory in battle that they knew that God was with us. The flame was there. The cloud was there. Man, a comfort in the day. Shelter at night. How many people want to know that God is fighting your battles and going ahead of you? 
Man, the visible manifest presence of God. The revelation of His presence. Not only is it powerful, but it's personal. Moses and that same God who manifested in flames and fire came to Moses and he spoke with him. The Bible says face to face as a friend. God spoke with Moses. God manifested himself in a still small voice to Elijah. How many want to have that relationship where God is just speaking in the still quiets of your night? Getting you up at 3 a.m. in the morning and just want to talk with you. God ever do that to you? Man, I hope he does. And you're like, man, I, won't, I don't have any sleep. Man, that's so much better. You don't need sleep when God's talking to you, right? You mean you're more rested when God's speaking. Man, you're just going along your day and then God will just say, you know, son, daughter, man, I love you. Man, you just have that word, that, that hug, that embrace from God. You're going through this life today and you feel lack. You feel like you don't have the power. You feel like you're just there. That's because are you allowing God to be tangible in your life? His promise says He wants that. It's there and it's available. It's personal. You know, that God manifested His presence on earth through Jesus Christ. The best demonstration of the presence of God is Jesus Christ. Emmanuel, God with us. And that same God, that same manifest presence of God is now, Jesus says, that same person, that same God is now willing to dwell now within you. Jesus came and walked among us in this earth. And He says, I go to the Father and I'm going to now be inside of each one of you. I want to abide with you. Make home in your heart. Man, what promise. What promise. You know, the relationship, I hope you understand this, the relationship that Jesus had with His disciples is the same relationship He wants to have with you. You think about this. They were walking. Man, they could see Him. They could hear Him. When He stopped, they stopped. He parked by a tree, they parked by a tree. When He got up and went, they got up and went. And He spoke things over them. He challenged them. He rebuked them. He comforted them. He taught them. They could smell Him. They ate what He ate and drank what He drank. That same closeness that He had with those disciples for three years, He says, church, please understand, I want to have that same closeness with you. You go throughout your week and it's just God is there. He's this thing. He's this person you believe in that you identify with and you know saves you. Or is He there in you? There's a difference, church. You should go throughout your day and be conscious of the presence of God in your life. You should be going throughout your journey in this life and knowing, I'm not just, God's not just up there. God's in here. When you go out throughout your day, do you talk to Him? Do you have such a personal relationship with God that you just begin talking to Him? No, no big prayer reason. God, what are you doing today? How are you? I'm okay. God, what do you want to do today, God? How many people are really there? That's what His Word is calling us to. May we move on from this weak, nominalism, status quo Christianity and be a people who have the powerful and personal presence of God in our lives. He wants to give you that big hug. He wants to just wrap His arms around you. He wants to fill you with power like you never have ever felt. When you just say, God, there's no more limits, there's no more levels, there's no more rules or doctrine. It's, and all that's good. Those are good things. That comes second after the presence of God is manifest. And his final promise is this. He says, we'll, we'll love you, we'll come to you, we'll reveal ourselves to you. And he says, you'll have peace. 
He says, You'll, you know this spirit because he abides with you and in you. And he says, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give it, but don't let your heart be troubled nor fearful. The word peace there is shalom. It means wholeness, completeness, health, security. It even means prosperity. It means that, man, I leave wholeness with you. I leave well-being with you. I leave prosperity and blessing with you. I leave comfort. I leave victory with you. I leave health with you. I leave security with you. And while the world is out there trying to give false peace, it only comes from a self-reliance and the world's peace is based on its resources, one author says, but our peace depends on that relationship in Christ. It's not about our resources. It's about our relationship in Jesus Christ. You want wholeness today? You want completeness, you want health, vitality, you want victory in your life, you want a freedom from self-reliance. Man, God's calling you to relationship in the Holy Spirit. What's really cool is Jesus is called the Prince of Peace. And He gives us the Holy Spirit who gives us the fruit of peace. Man, God wants you to be whole. Don't be empty. Don't be fearful. Man, the wor- you turn on the news, you see what's coming, your jobs, your economy, man... What's going to happen? Don't be fearful. Don't be afraid. Have peace. Because the presence of God that dwelt in Jesus Christ and raised Him from the dead, that same presence of God that manifested in fire by night, cloud by day, that same manifest presence of God that spoke to Moses in a burning bush, that that made the ground holy that He walked on, that same presence of God that spoke with Him face to face in the gentle whisper of the wind is in you and with you and will give life to your mortal body. Amen? Worship team, would you come? Let's not let ourselves be fearful or troubled by Satan or this world because we are abiding in the manifest presence of God. Are you abiding in the tangible presence of God today? Every head bowed, every eye closed. Let's just invite that presence here today. Before anybody leaves or before we think about you know, our meals and things going on, but God... God is real. His presence is real. And He's in this place today. But He wants to not just be around us. He wants to be in us. He wants to come into your heart and make a permanent residence, church. Say, God, we invite You in our hearts today. God, we love You. God, help us to obey You. Give us the strength. Lord, that we would know if there's someone here today, God, that does not know they are loved by You. That You love them. That Your manifest presence came in Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit. He was born of the Holy Spirit. He lived by the Holy Spirit. He died by the Holy Spirit. He was raised a new life by the Spirit of God. And that was a demonstration to us today that God so loved the world He gave His only Son. He wanted to show us. He wanted to make a home with us to indwell within us, to be one with us, to embrace us, to make us whole. Father, if there's someone here today that does not realize they are loved by God, Father, I pray Your Holy Spirit would just begin to work on their hearts even right now. God, they would experience the love of God poured out on their heart. God, as they have emptied their life, they emptied their life of the things of this world, and the love of God just begins to pour out, just like water, just to fill the inside of their heart. And Father, I pray today for those Christians who have experienced the love of God that they would say, Holy Spirit.